1109, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. All right, if you are a regular listener, you know that I, from time to time, uh, this is the, the recovering attorney in me. I have, I have railed about phone scams, and there's different phone scams that, 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 that occur. For example, a couple months ago, myself and maybe you, well, certainly a lot of people in this area, you, you'd, you'd pick up the phone, there'd be this message left, or sometimes it was live, and it was this very threatening thing saying, we're from the IRS, the IRS is getting ready to file a lien, or you could be arrested, or whatever, and you need to call this this number. And, of course, then the idea is, hey, we're from the IRS, and, you know, we're going to settle. It is, of course, if you've gotten those, and they're very, very threatening. And I, I know, because I talked to, to you, that some people just freak out ab- about this, and they think, and I, look, I, I understand. I, I was a federal prosecutor for years and years. You do not mess around with the IRS. The IRS has no sense of humor, has been my experience. When, but, but the IRS doesn't call you. <laughs> the IRS does not call you up and threaten you with arrest unless you give the money. It's a complete and total scam, but people were intimidated into to doing this. So I, I understand that that's out there. There is apparently another scam that is going on, which, if possible, is even worse than this IRS scam, and it's hitting people in Green Bay. So I I bring this to your attention because typically once these things start happening, they starting to start to spread all over. Green Bay police are saying in recent days they have been contacted by at least four people who have been called by phone scammers claiming that they are holding a loved one for ransom. In one case, the cops say the caller told the person who answered the phone they were holding his or her, her daughter and they needed money if they wanted to see her again. The Honda is looking at me. Now, this has been going on for a while. There's been these things where, you know, or you've, it started out with the emails where they would send it and they'd say, um, you know, you're, you're, I'm your grandson or your grandson's in Italy or whatever and needs money, send me this. But, but this is, this kidnapping thing has, has started to, to spread where you get the call saying, I've got your daughter, I've got your granddaughter. A lot of times it's talk, it's targeted at, at older people. You're, you know, I've got your granddaughter here. Don't call anybody. Just, just give me the, the money. Um, but at least four of these calls so far in the Green Bay area in recent days, Authorities say the calls were traced to the same international phone number, which appears to be from Mexico. Now, thankfully, you know, nobody who was called, you know, bit on this, at least as far as they know. But, you know, word to the wise, there are people out there trying to separate you from your money. They will do whatever they can, whether it's claiming to be the IRS and saying that you're going to get arrested or now claiming that, you know, they've got one of your loved ones and you got to pay up. And I mean, I can, I mean, I just, I can imagine you, you get, you get some, you get somebody, you know, who's whatever, particularly vulnerable or freaked out or whatever. You get this phone call saying, I've got your granddaughter. Unless you give me $5,000, we're going to kill her. I mean, and if you tell anybody we're going to kill her. So these are scams. They are scams that are out there. If you get these calls, first of all, do not give the money. Secondly, call the police right away. Okay, speaking of the police, here, here is the story. Up in Sheboygan, July 17th of last year, Sheboygan police get a 911 call that says there is an armed robber inside the Union Avenue tap in, I believe, downtown Sheboygan. 
armed robber, robbery going on, guy is in the bar. So the police obviously respond to the 911 call. Two officers arrive on the scene to investigate. As they are approaching the side door, there is, in fact, an armed robber. There's a gunman later identified as a guy named Kevin Higgins, who apparently was a military veteran suffering from PTSD. He was, in fact, he robbed the bar at gunpoint. He's armed with a rifle. So the cops, cops are there at the side door. He, this is the robber, coming out of the door armed with a a rifle. Um, As he opens the side door, he sees the cops. They identify himself. He raises the rifle to shoot at the cops. The cops return fire, all right? They return fire. Um, The armed robber is hit and killed in the exchange of gunfire. All right, well, the, the bad guy, the robber, is at the side door of the bar. So what happens is one of the shots that the police fire at the armed robber who has now pointed his rifle at them, one of the rounds accidentally strikes the bartender in the arm, okay? the Apparently, the other bartender um, is, is grazed. So, okay, one bartender is, is shot in the hand, and um, a bullet also grazes his chest. But, 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 he, but he's shot in the hand. But, you know, it, it doesn't appear to me that it's, it's certainly not a life-threatening thing, but he's shot in the hand, okay? That's the deal. The bartender who is shot in the hand and the other bartender who is on duty that night have now turned around and they have filed a claim against the city of Sheboygan, the Sheboygan Police Department, and the two police officers seeking, by the time you add in damages that they claim and um, attorney's fees, they are, let's see, each plaintiff is seeking $2.5 million for pain, suffering, disability, and loss of earning capacity. They are also seeking an additional $800,000 each for attorney fees. So both of them, all told, they filed a claim. They want more than $6 million from the, the city. This, this, and it's what this is, it's what they call a precursor to a lawsuit. You have to make the demand on the city. If they say no, then you have the right to file the lawsuit. Um, the bartender who was shot in the hand says he suffered permanent physical damage and mental um, injuries, says he has to deal with a permanent disability. Um, meanwhile, the female bartender, um, who was not shot, but says she suffers permanent mental injuries as a result of this. Uh, the DA had looked at this and said that the shooting was legitimate. All right, 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Obviously a traumatic situation. Guy walks into a bar, holds you up at gunpoint. Someone calls 911. You're heading out the door. The police arrive. A gun battle breaks out. Incredibly traumatic, no doubt about it. Bartender gets shot by a stray bullet in the hand. Other bartender witnesses this. They Both the bartenders now want combined more than $6 million from the city for this. Should they get this? Should they get anything? 414-799-1620.
of 799-1620, 1-800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Do they have a legitimate case, or are they trying to win the legal lottery? We discuss next. 1117, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 1120, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. And the specific claim here is that the bartenders say, well, the, the officers, when they took up a position in outside the door, they knew or should have known that the armed robber coming out the door would have tried to draw on him, and they should have known that there was somebody inside the bar who might get shot if they fired at the armed robber. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Roger in Janesville. Roger, you're first. Good morning. Uh, actually, they're suing the wrong people. They, if they've got a workers' comp claim, it, it, at most, uh, uh, you know, for being uh, injured on the job. Right, right. But I, of course, that's going to be peanuts. That's not going to uh, the workers' comp claim for an injured hand is not going to be three million dollars. Yeah, but they're they're barking up the wrong tree because the cops did their job. And uh, oh, by the way. Uh, the bartender called the 911 call because he uh, he opened up his phone. So he was the one who actually got the cop, cops to come. Right, so, right, for the armed uh, robbery. The, um, it, it, now, I think there is a there might be a lawsuit here, but it seems to me that the real, the real lawsuit should be directed at the bad guy, the, the guy who, you know, had the gun, who was the armed robber, who drew down on the police requiring this. But, of course— he you know, doesn't have the deep pockets. Right, so. no money. Exactly. That's like you can you can sue and the estate said. of the robber. There's yeah. no money. So if you were Sheboygan, would you be paying? No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Thanks no. for calling. Right. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty eight hundred eight seven seven one six twenty. Yeah. I mean, you've, workers' comp, of course, is you know if you're injured on the job, there's there's a workers' comp fund that you can draw from and you can you can get some money out of, but you're not going to get three million dollars. This lawsuit is dependent on proving that. Well, again, the claim is that the, the police officers knew or should have known that they put the bartenders at risk. And, of course, one of these bartenders was hit in the hand. The other one wasn't shot at all. But, I mean, she's obviously traumatized. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, being a victim of an armed robbery in and of itself would have to be a traumatic experience. Then on top of that, you know, seeing you know, the armed robber shot in front of you, I'm sure that there's a degree of trauma there. But $6 million? Rick in Green Bay. Rick, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Morning. Thank what, you for what, having me. Sure. What do you think? I think that it depends on negligence from the officers, only because how many shots were fired, um, was the guy down, and were they still firing on him? Oh, I believe that an officer needs to go home at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, let us assume, for the sake of argument, that, that this is... It's it it's a rapid fire, and that's what I think it was. It's a rapid fire exchange. The guy draws. They, they both shoot at him. They put him down. But it's not one of these things where it's going on for minutes and minutes. It's just that that kind of quick exchange that we would see. It's just it appears that you know one of the officers, and I don't know which one, they they missed. You know, with, with at least one of the shots, they they missed. If it's just that, does this strike you as being worth six million dollars? No, I don't. Yeah, I think I see. I I agree with you. I mean, there's only. Look, I, the, the reality is it's tough enough being a cop, you know, with, with and of course, my understanding is this claim is also directed against the cops. I mean, imagine the situation. You get called. There is an armed robbery. There is a guy with a rifle who's just held up a bar. You respond to the bar. You are investigating this. All you know is there's somebody with a rifle. You position yourself outside the side door. The guy comes out with a rifle. He points the gun at you. You fire. 
Now, apparently one of the cops missed with one of the shots and you graze a bartender. Okay, that, that is that is unfortunate. It, it is unfortunate. But I guess I agree with our first caller. If you want to find somebody to blame here, it, it's the bad guy. It is not the police officer that's the bad guy here. And again, I'm sorry these people had to go through this. I understand that this is a traumatic situation, but but you know that this is what happens, you know, and police officers end up in these situations where they have to be able to defend themselves. Victor in East Troy. Victor, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Hi there. I think you you just kind of touched on my point. I mean, the fact of the matter is that we continue to find the hands of our police officers where they go into a situation and you know, they have to protect themselves and protect the people around them. But if now we're looking at not only can the person, the perp get or through the police, now we've got people that are bystanders doing because what they saw was traumatic. I mean, yeah. at what point do we look at it and go, well, the police just can't do anything anymore because they might shoot somebody because they were shooting at them or, you know, somebody might see it. Oh, now that's million dollars for these folks as well. Yeah. Now, I guess I you if you change the facts a bit, I guess I can conceive of a situation where if you have one or two police officers that are involved in in reckless behavior, you know, that are that are just, you know, irresponsibly, you know, shooting up the town. Well, okay, I, I get that. But in this particular case, you've already had the DA. This has been reviewed. The shooting has been turned determined to be legitimate. This isn't, you know, a couple rogue cops that are off on this rampage. These are these cops that are responding to an armed robbery. And unfortunately, they get into a shootout with the bad guy. And unfortunately, a bystander gets, again, nicked in, gets, gets shot in the hand. And I'm not downplaying that. That's got to be awful. But at the same time, you know, what are the cops supposed to do? You don't want to have them, you know, their relatives having to visit them in the morgue. You just don't. Absolutely, and it's not like this is a bad action movie where they're jumping right. cars through an office building or anything like that. Yeah, yeah exactly, Victor. That's a great point, right? I mean, okay, let let us imagine that, right, you're exactly right. It's a bad action movie. This is This is the chase scene where you've got the police officers who are driving 90 miles an hour through town, and the bad guys are shooting at them, and they're shooting back at the bad guys. Again, the stuff that you see in the bad action movies, and you've got bystanders that are getting shot. That's that's not what this is. So uh, I don't know. I suspect that the city of Sheboygan is probably going to say no. There will be a lawsuit that was filed. My, my heart, I really am. I'm, I'm sympathetic to the bartender who got shot in the hand. I'm sympathetic to the other bartender who was traumatized by watching this. If it seems to me they've got a lawsuit, that lawsuit is against the estate of the armed robber who you know started all this. But, of course, you don't sue him because even if you collect, there's probably no money, so you sue the taxpayers. Uh, be interesting to see how far this goes. My guess is... My guess is it's going to be an uphill climb for the bartenders. 1127, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Let's talk about safety on the roads next. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Uh, If you want... Read some more information, a little bit more background on that story out of Sheboygan. We've got a link to it, WTMJ.com, the Jeff Wagner show page. Huh. If I was a betting man, oh, actually, wait, I I am a betting man. Um, I've been following the, (laughs) well, I am. Okay. I don't have too many bad habits. Well, I have a few bad habits, but, you know, okay, I've got, (laughs) Jane Matineer's laughing. Okay, I've got a bunch of bad habits, but, you know, (laughs) 
But, okay, one of those, I, I am a betting guy. Um, if I were in Las Vegas, the uh, line, you know, you know, Hondo, that you can go to Las Vegas and you can bet on things. I mean, it's just, it's just you, can, you can actually bet on who you think is going to win the Packers-Falcons game. Um, the line right now, it opened up as the Falcons about uh, somewhere between four and a half and five point favorites. And it's been kind of constant there. And um, normally being the home team gets you about three points. So Falcons, slight, slight favorites. The real interesting thing is they have this thing called an over-under, which is where you, you, you look at the combined points. You add the total number of points. I know this is kind of elementary, but for some people, you know, who aren't familiar with the who haven't donated a bunch of money to the bookies in Las Vegas to the sports books, they have this thing called the over-under where you add both of the scores together and you can bet on whether the teams are going to score more points or less points. That's the over-under. The over-under on this game opened up at 60.5, um, which is huge. That might be one of the largest numbers. They So in other words, you know, you can decide are the team's going to score 60 or more. That might be one of the largest overs, uh, one of the largest numbers in NFL playoff history. So obviously the Las Vegas odds makers think it's going to be a shootout. If I were in Las Vegas this weekend placing a bet, I would take the Packers in five. No, qu- I think the Packers are going to win flat out. I would take the Packers in five, and I would take the over. I do think there's going to be more than 60 points. But again, do not take betting advice from a recovering attorney here because I, I guarantee you um, – I'm one of those reasons why they have the big casinos built and the bright lights in Las Vegas. That's just, I'm one of those people. And what can you say? Eleven thirty-six. Jeff Wagner, six twenty. WTMJ. An update on some. The word disgraceful is overused lately, but this is this is really disgraceful. Um, behavior by my alma mater, Marquette University. Um, Another semester is about to begin, and Professor John McAdams continues to be suspended by Marquette University. Um, John McAdams, of course, has been sort of this gadfly. He does this blog called The Marquette Warrior, where he exposes things that are going on in the you know, very, very liberal Marquette community and the very, very liberal Marquette campus. You know, he has been suspended. They've talked about the circumstances behind it. It is in my opinion, trumped up in the extreme. There's a lawsuit. Um, he continues to be suspended until he apologizes. And and um, this lawsuit is proceeding. He has refused to apologize. And Marquette continues to, again, keep him suspended. It is absolutely disgraceful. In my opinion, Marquette's, first of all, Marquette is losing in the court of public opinion. But secondly, I think Marquette is going to lose big time in another sort of court a- as well. And uh, this is just another one of ex- these examples of how under the current and at least a couple of the recent administrations, Marquette has, in my opinion, really, really, really lost its way. And y- you wonder you wonder what it's going to take to get Marquette back on track. All right. Whenever you are looking at data, whenever you're looking at numbers, you always have to be careful to make sure you have what I'm going to say is a representative sample. You might remember a while back, a year or two ago, Wisconsin switched over its emission testing. It used to be that you would go to one of like the state-run emission testing things. You know, they had the big places, and, and you'd wait in line, and you'd get it. Now, if you're going to get your car emission tested, there's a number of private places that you go to. 
And the, the Journal Sentinel did an embarrassing, heavy-breathing story. I think they looked at it, okay, for the, for the first couple months of this program, they were finding that more cars were failing under the private system. And the implication of the story was that th- these private outfits must be doing something to monkey around with the emission testing results so people would then have to pay to get their, their cars fixed. Okay, that, that was the implication. Well, it turned out to be completely BS because they had such a small sample. Once you looked at the, the entire year, you found that the, the number, the pass-fail ratio was pretty much the same private system, you know, publicly sponsored system. It, it didn't make any difference. But they looked at a really, really small sample. And, of course, they, they had the story that they wanted to write so they took the numbers and, and, and wrote it. But so that, that's just an example of how you have to be really careful when you're looking at numbers. And if you're going to look at numbers, you have to have, again, it, it's tough to just say we're going to make a conclusion based on a couple months or whatever, because there might be all sorts of other factors going on. Well, in Wisconsin, we now have on some roadways, the speed limit has increased from 65 to 70 on some roadways around. In Wisconsin, in 2016, the numbers are out, and apparently 588 people died on Wisconsin roadways last year. That is the highest number of traffic fatalities since 2012, when 601 people died. So, I mean, you've got you got a lot of people who who died on Wisconsin roadways, and that's. I mean, I think we would all say that 588 is an unacceptable number. Um, you got to go back, you know, to 2012 to find more. And so now a lot of people are trying to figure out why is this? You know, what what's happened? Why was this the highest number since 2012? And predictably, some people are saying, well, you know, you, you can't ignore the fact that the speed limit has increased to 70. And as everybody knows, speed kills. If you've got people that are driving faster and they're involved in a collision, there's a greater chance that there might be a fatality. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. This is a why question. Why do you think the number of traffic fatalities for 2016 was at the highest level since 2012? Is it related to the speed limit, or might there be other things going on, or might this just be a new aberration? I mean, is this a reason to consider lowering the speed limit Doing away with the 70-mile-an-hour speed limit, 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. I have some distinct theories, but I'm curious as to what you think. We discuss next, 1141, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Eleven forty four, Jeff Wagner, six twenty WTMJ. Okay, the numbers are in. Two thousand sixteen, five hundred eighty eight people lost their lives on Wisconsin highways in traffic, in Wisconsin roads in, in traffic fatalities. That's the highest number since two thousand twelve, when six hundred and one people died. Just to give you some perspective, um, two thousand thirteen, five hundred twenty seven deaths. Two thousand fourteen was low, four hundred ninety four. 2015 was 556, 2016 was 588, so it's been going up, still not as high as 2012, and nowhere near as high as, like in 2003, when there's 800-plus deaths. The question is, do you believe the 70-mile-an-hour speed limit is a major contributing factor to this? 414-799-1620. Let's start with Roberta in South Milwaukee. Roberta, good morning. Good morning. What do you think? 
I think it's inattentive driving due to cell phones. Distracted driving, in other words. Yes, and I do not understand why Wisconsin doesn't have a hands-free law, why you can make call on your cell phone. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at people driving at a stoplight, they're, at, they're on their phone. In California, it's no joke. You have a phone in your hand, you're getting a ticket. Right. And people take it very serious because the fines are very expensive. Why don't we have that? I don't well, understand. Well, because I mean, right, I, cause the, right now the legislature, I don't think, is convinced that Cell phone usage is more distracted than, you know, driving around eating, you know, something from Burger Doodle. But, but that, you know, that, that is definitely a factor. I agree with you. I think much, I think distracted driving, however you want to define it, whether it's people continuing to text, although it's illegal to text now, or the cell phone usage or whatever, I think that is far and away a bigger cause of fatalities and a bigger cause of collisions. And and that's, if you were looking to explain, okay, 2003, I, I went back and I was looking at some numbers, 2003 was the, the largest in the last, like, two decades, that was the largest number of fatalities, um, you know, 836. But, you know, back then, even then, cell phone usage wasn't as, as prevalent. So, I mean, now, maybe it's just safety, maybe cars are safer or whatever, but, you know, even with cell phones, now it's 588. Don't get me wrong. 588 is completely and totally unacceptable. But this is still the overall trend compared to 10, 15 years ago is down. Um, we appear to be kind of in Wisconsin locked into this 500 to 600 fatalities. And I just I, I appreciate that speed kills. If you're driving faster and you're involved in a collision, there's a greater likelihood that the result is going to be bad. I'm just not convinced that there's any real causality between this now. 414-799-1620. Andy in Wauwatosa. Andy, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Andy. I, I drive a lot, and I think I've seen a number of things going on. I, I will say with uh, Roberta's comments about the cell phones, yeah, that's definitely a factor because people are using them all the time, whatever it is they're doing on them. Right. And I've seen rear-end collisions occur simply because they're just not paying right. attention. Uh, but here's the other two things. One, I wouldn't be surprised. If the miles driven are going up, yep. now granted, I don't know how you explain 2014, but with fuel prices down and a lot of car purchases, I'll bet people are driving more and more miles, and yep. that's obviously going to be a factor. Yeah, I, I, I just say something else about the 70, though. In the areas where they made the speed limit 70, those roads are perfectly safe, and you do not see people driving 100 where the speed limit is 70. What I am finding, though, is since the speed limit went up to 70, some people seem to think in their mind that they can drive 70 anywhere. They pay no attention to construction zones, to bad weather conditions, to congestion, and they try to try to maintain those speeds where they shouldn't, and then they cause these accidents the year of every morning on the freeway. Right, right. You know, I, I first of all, I guess I would, the numbers I have don't break it down into the areas where it's 70 versus the areas where it's 35 and that type of stuff. So I... I, I you're exactly right. I can't make that correlation. I agree with you when you're talking about also the miles driven. Obviously, if there's if people are driving more because gas is cheaper, that's a factor. And, and yeah, I um I, I'm I'm with you on on the other thing as well. I mean, you just you have to know that information to try to draw a conclusion. Yeah, that's, no, thanks. I guess that's yeah. the way I'd look at it. But I'm afraid that with the 70, some people have just thought that's what they should do everywhere. Well, right. Yeah. That, right. Exactly. And that, that's a factor. I, I think that's a factor. But 
you know, it, this is again, it's one of these examples because, all right, how if if it's the seventy mile an hour speed limit, how do you explain six hundred and one traffic fatalities in two thousand twelve? Okay, versus five eighty eight. I just, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff going on. I, I don't, I personally, and this is just my opinion. I don't believe that the seventy mile an hour speed limit is increasing is substantially increasing the number of traffic fatalities. Obviously, there's, again, I understand speed kills, and I think it's going to be one of the many factors that play in, but my guess is there's a lot of other factors, including distracted driving. Um, Let's talk to Bob in Milwaukee. Bob, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, I believe a lot of it's due to technology. I don't believe five miles an hour over. They do have laws about talking on cell phones. I don't know if anybody's got numbers on how many tickets were given on that. New York Sheriff's Department about five years ago had a study. Study read that cell phone talking, just talking on the cell phone, distracted the drivers so much that there were more accidents than when they did their study on alcohol driving, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, which kind of shocked me. And still, I, I would doubt that they've given out a ticket for cell phone texting and driving since you see it every day and you never hear of anybody getting a ticket. Would you support a ban on, on handheld cell phones and everything? If you're going to use your cell phone, it has to be Bluetooth? I do. But even using your cell phone, talking while driving is distracting you from the main objection. Right, right. No, right. And, yeah, see, I just think, we're, I mean, if, if you were to ask me, I think that the principal reason if there's more collisions or, you know, more fatalities or whatever, I, I think there's a lot of factors. I think it's complex. I think the principal reason is we are trying to be more and we're more and more multitaskers and we're, we're trying to do more things at once and we're not paying attention. I would also be curious in wondering, all right, even in those in the fatalities where excessive speed was involved, were there other factors as well? For example, was somebody drunk? Okay, you 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 know, was somebody see sometimes and again I, I just it's it's anecdotal, but you have these deals where somebody's driving eighty miles an hour and they're involved in a fatal collision and it turns out that they're drunk. Well, okay, is it the speed or is it the drunk driving? What what exactly is going on? Let's talk to Clint in Bayview. Clint, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Morning, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Good. You know, I think we've got a lot of other problems, and I don't think the 70 miles an hour is it. Um, I drive a lot for work. You know, I can put on about twenty to 25,000 miles a year, um, and I see a lot of distracted driving. Uh, pardon me. I do think that, you know, we've got a particular problem here in Wisconsin with drunk driving. Uh, I think that's a major issue that's causing a lot of the death. Um, but... You know, I think it's all factors related to that, you know, drunk and or distracted driving. And, and, yeah, right. Like you say, and or drunk, distracted driving, speed. You put those things all together. No, I think it's almost impossible without looking at it and breaking it down over a several year period of time. Because, in, like I say, in any one year, there, there could be a blip. I think that the, the low numbers you had in 2013, 494, that strikes me, it's a good aberration, but it strikes me as an aberration because the numbers, 
you know, have been within 20 fatalities one way or the other. And some, plus you got weather related stuff as well. Is it a bad winter? Is it a good winter? You know, do you have, you know, huge patches of fog where people are driving like maniacs? It's all those different things that play in. Right. And, and you know, I will say this, you know, I, you know, with the higher speed limit, if for someone who drives a lot like me, that's perfect. <laughs> you know, I've got clients as far away as Marquette, Michigan. So right. when I need to get up there and get back home, I like to drive quick. Uh, but you have to be more aware when you're driving faster, you know, yeah. uh, because, yes, like you said before, if you are driving faster and in a wreck, the, the chance of something worse happening is greater. So you just have to be more aware, you know, with the added speed comes added responsibility. Yeah, you got to pay attention or else bad things happen. No question about it. 1154 Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We're going to find out what Eric Bilstadt has on his mind for WTMJ today. Stick around. 1157, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We are quickly reaching that point in time where I don't have to go home, but I can't stay here because Eric Bilstadt's in with WTMJ today. Hello. Hello, sir. Did you enjoy your day off? It was wonderful, yes. Thank you very much. See, Jane Matinera and I were here. I know. So we were were keeping the WTMJ fires burning. We had a great time. I'm willing to bet, though, you have a different day off, though. I, maybe. Uh (laughs) Maybe. Uh Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Your point, Eric. <laughs> yeah. So joining us today in studio is today's TMJ Forrest, Charles Benson. He will ride the ship with us all the way until three o'clock. Absolutely. And Charles yeah. Benson, welcome. Always nice to see you on the, uh, on the TV, on the radio side. I, I may be crashing the ship. Well, no, <laughs> we'll no, no. Really al- works. Al- although I see, you see what you still haven't learned though. You still got the TV mentality there because you know, wearing you're, wearing, you're, you're wearing a tie, you know, I'm wearing my Marquette Law School sweatshirt. You know, that's, that's the radio look. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I'll, I'll loosen it a little bit. What do you got coming up on the big show? Actually coming up at 1215, uh, he's Charles's bestie. Chuck Todd will join us at 12.15. By the way, did you know Chuck Todd, I believe, is a Packers fan? Is that right? Yeah, so we're going to talk yeah. Packers and politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going to ask him how he got the election so wrong? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know if it was him. Well, he was everybody. one of many. Got, right, no, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't saying he was alone in that, but, you know, kind of, I, I just, I got to tell you, Charles, I just think it's going to, it's been so fascinating to watch the reaction to Donald Trump, and you've got the polls that are out there showing that, um, most times presidents get a, a honeymoon sure. around the time of the inauguration. Um, there, there ain't no honeymoon this time around. Well, but it's interesting, you know, and Donald Trump talking about it today. Are you really going to believe the polls now <laughs> yeah, that yeah. he's not very popular compared to the polls then that said he wasn't going to win? Because the polls are rigged. I, I just I, I was just the, the, the polls continue to be rigged. So, Chuck Todd, plus the story that Aaron Rodgers wants to die that just won't go away. We'll do that next hour as well. Does it involve Olivia Mund and the family? It does. <laughs> I just, I was just, I, I've got some theories on that as well. It's eleven fifty nine. Stick around. WTMJ today is coming up. I'm back eight thirty tomorrow morning when we do it all again. Have a great Tuesday, Jeff Wagner. Six twenty. WTMJ.